Hi, and welcome to the Mama Needs Podcast. My name is Jen, and I am so happy that you're with me today. This podcast is just for you, Mama, because you matter. Each week, I'll be talking with another mama. As most conversations with women go, we'll cover a multitude of topics, but mainly we'll share stories of motherhood, all the ups and downs, lessons learned, and how these mamas practice self-care. So take a seat, fold your laundry, drink your coffee, do your dishes, I know you're multitasking, and listen in. Before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to ask a quick favor. We are a new podcast and want as many mamas as possible to be able to listen and be encouraged. The way to do that is through reviews and ratings on iTunes. If you love the Mama Needs podcast, would you go over to iTunes and give us five stars and a short review? I also like to share the reviews on social media. Thanks so much. I'd really appreciate it. Also, this podcast is sponsored by the Mama Needs subscription box. And if you'd like a coupon code for free shipping on your first box, just keep listening to this episode and I'll share more on that in just a bit. Today's episode is with my very dear and longtime friend, Kristen Peterson. She is wife to Tim and mama to two boys and a girl. They make their home outside of Washington, D.C. Kristen is so much fun, and honestly, it was just so nice to catch up with her in this episode. She talks about their infertility journey and battles with croup and severe reflux with one of their kids. I really hope you enjoy my conversation with my dear friend, Kristen. Hey, Kristen, welcome to the Mama Needs Podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Jen? I'm so excited to be here. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you. Um, Start off by just telling us who you are and about your family, where you guys live, and all that stuff. Okay. Well, I'm Kristen Peterson, and I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, oh yeah, but we recently relocated just outside of Washington, D.C. for my husband's job, which was a huge move for us. I came here with a six-month-old and two older children, and um, I have two boys and a girl, an eight-and-a-half-year-old, four-and-a-half-year-old, and a two-year-old, almost three-year-old, so... It's a lot to manage when you're somewhere new and you don't know a lot of people and um, you're kind of starting over with, you know, from scratch with no one. Well, you know, I know how all about that. (laughs) Yes, yes, you did it first. Yeah, I have been there and it is not easy, but um, how long have you been there now? Two years? Two, almost two and a half years. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're doing great. It's just starting to feel normal. You know, at first when you move up, it's everything is new. You feel like an outsider for all the things, grocery shopping. I mean, you know where you don't know where to start. And I feel like now I can get places without my GPS and, you know, I can do what feels like normal things. But I said, I'd give it a good five years before we reevaluate and see (laughs) how it's affecting our family. Yeah. but so far, so good. I think it took me about two, two and a half years to really feel like this was home because um, I think, I, you know, how Facebook brings up memories from years past. Well, the other day something came up and I don't even remember what it was, but you commented on it and said that you still felt like you were just there on vacation or like you were just visiting and that you didn't feel 
like it was home yet. And I totally resonate with that um, because I felt for a long time that we were just here for a little bit just to see how it goes. And we would go back to South Florida. And um, I don't know why I thought that, but it just felt like we were just visitors. You know? It's so true. And almost like when you went away to college the yeah. first time and you knew that you were going to still come home for vacation, for you know winter break and spring break and then the summer. Um, so you got to do all those like independent things and learn how to be independent. And yet this is permanent. <laughs> you're, you're not turning around. You, you've invested here. You bought a house. Yeah. But there's still that, you know, oh, I'm going to graduate soon. And then we're going to go back. Right. <laughs> yep. Well, I get that. Well, um, I always like to say how I, how I know the people that are on my show. So, um, gosh, I don't even remember. I don't remember the first time we met because it just feels like I've known you forever. Forever. Um, so I think I was probably 15. Is that about right? How old were you? So Kristen and her family started coming to the church that I grew up in, in South Florida in Hollywood. And, um, she started coming to our youth group. And so that's when I met you. And I feel like it was maybe the beginning of high school or end of middle school for me. Yeah, I switched in middle school. We went from our church in um, our small little church in Miami and we moved up to um, the church in Hollywood when I was in middle school. So, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're so you're a year old or you're (laughs) you're you're younger than me in like grade grade wise. Uh, But we just have always been friends. I don't even remember, like, there wasn't a moment where I was like, she's, oh, she's my friend. I just have always remembered you as that. Um, and so we have a ton of mutual friends. Um, and we have stayed friends. We've um, just kept our relationship and friendship going through all of these years. And now through um, me moving first and then you moving and, um, you know, whenever we're close to each other, we meet up. And so, and our kids are really good friends. They love each other. Yeah. And so, um, Kristen's very special to me. So. I I'm feel the that. same way. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we had such a wonderful, like, group of adult friends. Like, once we grew up and we all started our families and we were right there in South Florida that, mm-hmm. you know, we all started that next phase of life together. We did. Yeah. You know? And yeah, then, right. and then it was just, you know heartbreaking when you guys moved away first, but it was brave. Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, there was so much, uh, so much that we could all look up to you in that step of faith. Mm -hmm. And, and so I knew that we would be okay too. When Tim said that he he got a job up here, I'm like, I'll follow you wherever you are because that's home. Absolutely. Well, if we can do it, anyone can do it. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, let's talk about mamahood. So obviously I know, I know all of your motherhood journey, but I'd love for you to share with our listeners about how you became a mama and what that has been like um, from beginning to now. Okay. Well, um, I knew early on that Tim and I might have trouble. So I found out in college that I had PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And I started medicine for that even before I was married. So conversations that Tim and I had early on revolved around maybe having to adopt. We, I mean, we had no idea whether or not 
I would be able to get pregnant or not, but I wanted us to start our marriage knowing that that was going to be or might be part of our story. But through um, our fertility doctor, we were able to um, get pregnant with Connor after just one trigger shot. That's all it took. I had gone in for a consultation and I had been seeing him for a while because he specialized in PCOS. And one of my um, times there, he was like, by the way, you have an egg ready. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready? And Tim and I had been discussing trying to start. And obviously we had tried on our own, but you know, to no avail. And the doctor was like, why don't you come in tomorrow morning and we'll give you the trigger shot and go from there. And that's how Connor came about and we went in every single week for the first eight weeks and we watched him develop and um, I had to go on progesterone and things like that to make sure I was able to maintain the pregnancy but that's how I had Connor and then we did four years later we did more rounds of fertility it, it was a little bit longer to try and get pregnant with Caleb but we did and then um, Kinsey came along <laughs> and, uh, she was not quite on the, uh, plan at that point, but God had his own plan and we knew that she's here for a special reason, but there was no fertility with her and there was uh, birth control with her. So <laughs> she's a beautiful statistic and you know, proof that God has a plan for her. She's supposed to be here. So absolutely. That's, that's my motherhood journey. What is it with those third surprise children? <laughs> you and I both had three <laughs> surprise number threes. Yes. And if you think about it too, she was such a surprise that I didn't realize I was pregnant until I was 13 weeks old. That's right. I forgot so, about that. So I was like way pregnant. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't in my early stages. I missed my whole first trimester. So right. I was still wearing my normal clothes. I mean, I was in a size four jeans. I mean, had no idea that I was growing a child. I just thought I was super sick. We were in the middle of pageant at church, which I was running for the children's department. I was living off of like venti Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, oh, well. It is what it is. I can't go back. No, you can't. Um, what? So when you first found out that um, you were going to have to, you know, go to doctors and, and use fertility um, procedures to have your first baby, did you know anyone who was walking that road already? Um, well, my friend Katrina, who has been on your podcast before, um, she went through fertility treatments but um other than her we i didn't really know anybody else who was doing all of that you see celebrities doing it you might see it on reality tv shows but i didn't know anybody else personally that was having to walk that path except for katrina and katrina and i were both pregnant at the same time um, right. She was pregnant. We were only a week apart, but that was early on in our friendship too. Like we hadn't known each other very long at this point now. I mean, she's like my sister, but then it was early in our friendship. So um, it's not like we had gotten into all of the nitty gritty of, of the fertility treatments yet. 
you know, well, and at that it. point you were both pregnant. So exactly. Had, exactly. Work. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I was just wondering because I know, um, you know, that is a scary journey and I, at the time I couldn't relate to you on that level. Um, and so I wondered if you, you know, if you had anyone in your life that was kind of coaching you through that. But so now on the other side, have you been able to kind of coach and encourage other women who've wanted to become moms and had to go that route? When, after I had Connor, I started a blog about our family just to kind of keep track of what we were doing. I just felt like it was easier for me that if I wrote it down, I could go back and reference it just for our own sake. You know, one day tell Connor about, you know, the week he said ball or, you know, the silly things that first time moms <laughs> do because, <laughs> because, you know, for a fact, I do not do that blog anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was able to then reference those posts that I had made and send them to people who were going through it, especially, especially when we did, when we went through colic with Connor, when we went through reflux with Connor, when we went through sleep issues with Connor, I have all of that written down. And when people ask me about it, the first thing I do is go back to my blog, send them all of my posts because I was very specific in what medication we were using, all of those things. So in the same sense, I feel like I can help somebody going through fertility. But on the other hand, I didn't go through IVF or IUI. So I don't feel like I went through the extent of what some moms have to go through. But I feel like I'm an encourager. So I want to say, I'm here for you. I will help you however I can. And this is what I know. But I'll walk you through anything. Right, right. Yes. And that's good because you have experience with that. And you, like you said, you have experience with, with Connor and his colic and reflux. And tell us about that because um, one of my questions to you um, that I've prepped you for is best and worst moments of motherhood. And so I'm curious if that was part of your worst moments or you go ahead and tell us what, what your answer <laughs> Well, my best part of motherhood would be when I watched Connor um, – decide to follow Christ mm -hmm. and be baptized. Both of those moments are ingrained in my head. I could cry talking about them right now. It's those moments where you're like, oh, we did something right. Yeah. You know? yeah. um, and just watching them succeed in whatever they do. So their salvation, but then also on an everyday level, it's, you know, their athleticism and, and succeeding in that or uh, figuring out their letters and recognizing their name on the wall, things like that. Those, those little things, that's my best moments of motherhood. Mm -hmm. My worst moment of motherhood, I did not pick colic. I did not pick night terrors. I did not pick those <laughs> things. <laughs> but I did pick when Kinsey knocked out her two teeth. Oh, yeah. So she was just starting to toddle. She wasn't even on hard surface. She was on carpet. She tumbled over the front of her little stroller she was pushing and knocked out two teeth completely. The, I only saw one. I thought I didn't know what happened to the other one. We actually didn't think she knocked it out. We thought she only knocked out one and pushed one up into her gum. But I picked that up, put it in milk, and we were brand new here. We didn't even have a dentist yet. So I 
scooped up Caleb, who was only two. I scooped her up, who wasn't quite one yet. I raced over to the pediatrician's office. There was blood all over her mouth and face. She was just gushing. And I, I, I just need a dentist. I just need a dentist. So they gave me a list and I picked one on the list and called them while I drove there and said, I have an emergency. I she popped out a tooth. I don't know if she needs surgery. I don't know what's going on. And I got there and they wouldn't see her until I filled out the paperwork. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but she's screaming and bleeding profusely. And I remember sitting there in that moment and I'm like, I can't do this. I don't have enough hands. I had a two-year-old who was with me. I had her screaming. Tim was at work and it was just one of those, why did I move out of South Florida away from all of my help? And I don't know anyone. And I'll never forget like that feeling of desperation of not having my act together, if that even makes sense. Like I no, no one was even offering to hold her so that I could fill out the paperwork. And I finally looked at someone. I'm like, someone just needs to see her because until I can put her down, I can't fill this paperwork out. I don't, I don't have the hands for it. And finally they took us back, but it took me advocating and saying, this needs to be dealt with before I can do the paperwork because otherwise it's not going to happen. And then Tim eventually met us there and I mean, just holding her down for x-rays was an issue. Just, it was a lot. So that's my oh. worst moment of motherhood. Oh my gosh. That's terrible. And I, like, I feel like I'm sitting in that room watching it happen as you're <laughs> describing it. And I can, I mean, I think I can relate. I can't think of a, a, of a moment right now, but like, I've had those moments where it's just like the desperation of motherhood and, and also the, the facet of not being with your people and yeah. not having help and no one knows you. And, and, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I'm so sorry. It was <laughs> awful. Didn't, it was I didn't know about that. I don't I think I, I don't think I heard that story. I didn't know about that. All I did was post something on Facebook. You know, this is what Kinsey did today. But obviously, like the gory pictures, because I, I took a few. I'm like, someone help me. <laughs> you know, sending it to my mom, sending it to Tim, showing the blood all over her face. It was just a thing of nightmares. That's terrible. <laughs> all, all around. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. The sponsor of this podcast is the Mama Needs Subscription Box. It is a monthly curated self-care box just for mamas. Our mission is to help mamas remember to put themselves on their to-do list and remind them that they matter. Each box is filled with four to six items every month, gifts, self-care tools, and products all packed and done for you. Every month is a new and relevant theme. Some of our past themes have been Mama Needs Peace, Mama Needs Chocolate, Mama Needs a Spa Day, and more. The boxes are $39.99 plus shipping, but you can get free shipping on your very first box by using the code PODCAST at checkout. Just go to mamaneedsbox.com. All right, now back to our conversation. Well, um, I'm glad that you made it through that. And, you know, you've got, we, we have these terrible experiences and then they prep us for something different on the other side. And, and also we can laugh about it now, you know, <laughs> like it's, it is helpful in the moment, but it's terrible, you know, it's helpful later. It's terrible in the moment. Um, but, but I think also learning what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. And one of my friends, Hillary, she said something being a new mother. She's like, well, we rise to the occasion, don't we? 
And I thought, oh my gosh, here I am, a mother of three. And her saying that to me just <laughs> a month ago, and I'm like, yes, we do. We will rise to the occasion because we don't have a choice. We have to. And That's I right. thought there was so much wisdom in that from a first-time mother speaking truth into me. I loved it. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's so true. I love that. Um, why don't you tell us, let's go a little lighthearted now. Why don't you tell us your funniest mama story? <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, it's Kinsey again because, you know, third child. <laughs> she, she's my wild one, and I love her to pieces, but she definitely um, dances to the beat of her own drum. She doesn't necessarily... Uh, obedience is not her strong suit. <laughs> that is okay because I have two boys that are wonderfully obedient. Um, but we're still learning to stay near mom. Okay. I never had that problem with the boys. My boys always stayed near me, even in parking lots. They knew not to like run into traffic. No, she's my child who will run into traffic. So we were... Uh, at Connor's golf lesson. He was taking golf uh, camp over the summer and he was out on the course and Caleb had to go potty and we were still in the process of potty training Kinsey. So I was like, all right, we're all going to go potty. Connor's out there. We're all fine. So we went into the bathroom and I put Caleb on the potty and he went potty. Good. Yay. We're great. And I was like, Kinsey, we're going to go potty. And so she went potty, and it was great. And I thought, you know what? While we're in here, I'll go potty too, and then we'll go. Well, I decided to go potty, and I sat down. And the next thing I know, she is out the door. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and not only is she out the bathroom stall door, she then exits the bathroom. Now, I am in the process of screaming at Caleb to go running after her. Get your sister! Because this was last summer, so she wasn't even two yet. I mean, oh she, is, she is on the loose. And so here <laughs> I am, like, racing to get up my pants because now I have to go out after my child, who is no longer even in the bathroom. Oh, my and I go racing out into the lobby, and these two elderly women are like, they went that way. <laughs> they went out of the building, and these little old ladies let her and Caleb out the building. And they could have gone one or two ways, either out towards the parking lot, because now we are outside of the building, or out towards the greens. Good news was they went out towards the greens, <laughs> and I found them playing chase outside. Um. It was tag. So what happened was she saw Caleb coming out after her and thought, he was playing a game with her. And so she started racing even faster. And so there was no way I was going to catch my children. And then I had to teach Caleb how to sit on her. So we now have, we now have a rule where if I say, go get Kinsey, it does not turn into chase. It does not turn into tag. It turns into you tackle her to the ground and sit on her because she will get herself in trouble otherwise. Oh my gosh. I had to teach my <laughs> child how to sit on my daughter. <laughs> it's just true. It's just real life. Because really, if you think about it, that could have gone really the wrong way. She was gone. And I was, there was no way I could have been fast enough to get her. No. She was, she was gone. And it could have been towards the 
traffic. It could have been because she went two ways. It's, it's one way or the other. And I'm glad she went the right way. None of it was the right way. None right, of it. Right. <laughs> none of it was the right way. The right way is stay with mommy, but she's not. And so that in all of this, I now tell people who watch her, she's a flight risk. And I literally, <laughs> I have to tell people, like if I drop her off at nursery at church, she's a flight risk. I mean, she doesn't stay close. She has no fear. She doesn't like need to be near an adult to feel safety. She's like, bye everyone. See you later. I'm out of here. That looks more interesting. And she's gone. Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that is hilarious. And the fact that you had to teach Caleb to tackle his sister <laughs> and sit on her. That's sit something that they will talk about as they get older. <laughs> that, yes. Remember the time I had to sit on my sister, Mom? All the times I had to sit on my sister? Yes. <laughs> Does Connor know the protocol as well? Connor knows the protocol, but he's bigger. I mean, he's like double her size. Yeah. He can like bear hug her and keep her in place. There we go. So we're good. <laughs> and she will listen to anything Connor says. Oh. Because Connor is like, ooh, the big kid. Caleb is her equal. She right. doesn't, I mean, they're what, 19 months apart. They're so close that, you know, they're like, we're the same, <laughs> but Connor is Connor. So I'll do whatever you say, Connor. Yes, I get that. Jack does that a lot with Sadie. Yeah. Sadie's the, the older one, Everett, even though they're three years apart, three and a half years apart, still for some reason, <laughs> Sadie's the one that he listens to. <laughs> it's funny how they do that. Um, all right, let's talk about self-care. And I know, um, as you told us, that you know you moved away from mom and from life um, that is familiar. So Tim travels for work some, and um, you just have a new life. So I'm wondering how, um, how you're practicing self-care, how you're prioritizing self-care in this season of, of motherhood. So there was a time in Florida where if it was a Saturday morning, Tim would get the boys and they'd get out of the house and I'd still be able to sleep a little bit on Saturday mornings. And it was like the best thing because out of all the things I care about most in my life, sleep, is like sacred and I am a happier person when I get to sleep in on Saturdays. So it's just nice for everybody if Kristen gets to sleep in a little bit longer. That's right. Um, <laughs> it's true. And and with our sleep issues with the kids, it, it tends to be like, oh my gosh, I get to sleep a little bit longer. This is amazing. Now when we moved up here, Tim leaves for work so early in the morning, he's out the door at 530. Oh wow. So what has ended up happening is on Saturdays, even if he's getting up at eight o'clock to him, it still feels like sleeping in. Mm. So I still get those Saturdays where he gets up. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm great. And he'll go take the kids. And sometimes he'll take them just down to the basement because just the separation in the floor levels. Now I won't hear them down here and he gets to do his one-on-one -on -one time with them. And I still get an extra hour of sleep, which is gold. Now, yes. The difference between Florida and here is in Florida, I worked full-time out of the house. And I felt I, like I couldn't wait to be a stay-at-home mom. Like I really wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Really, really, really wanted to be. And 
I was always looking forward to that. And I always thought, well, just when I'm a stay-at-home mom, this, this, this. And now that I'm a stay-at-home mom or a, or a work-from-home mom, I might say, I, I don't have the same patience level as I did when I was working out of the house. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there are times where, you know, I'm with them 24-7. I don't get a break from them some days at all. And I know that sounds awful for, for a mom to say, but there are no, times. No, it doesn't. Where, well, there are times where we need to breathe, too. Yes. And I have sat on the bottom stair of my basement before just to be able to have some silence. Or there are times where Tim will look at me and he'll say, you need to go get a pedicure now. <laughs> now get out of the house, go get a pedicure. We'll see you when you come home. And it's that hour where I'm just like, oh, like there, I can breathe again. I feel refreshed. I can come back into my home with a different mindset and look at things with a new set of eyes. And then um, we always have DVDs going on in our car which is one reason why I never know what the newest radio, you know, I don't even know the radio stations are up here because there's always a DVD on in my car. Right. So now I'm trying to make it so that if I'm by myself in the car, which you know is hardly ever, we're hardly ever by ourselves in the car. I try to make it a point to put on a CD and sing because... I feel like that's the talent God gave me. I haven't been using it. And I felt like a piece of me like was lost in that without singing. And so now I'll just put on, even if it's an old CD, I don't care how old it is. I know all the words to all the songs. That's great because I'm just going to sing. And it makes my heart happy. And it makes me feel like me. You have to Mm -hmm. find those moments where you feel like pre-children days, you know, and like, oh, that's, that's who I was and then who I am now and find like this happy medium of mom, Kristen. Mm -hmm. I love that. I I think that's so true. And another friend of mine who was on the podcast, Liz, she said something similar where um, self-care is doing what makes you feel most like you, most like yourself. And I agree. And you know, um, I do the same thing. Sometimes I'll turn on, you know, worship music or, like music that I know and I love and I'll sing when I'm alone in the car because usually when I sing, the kids are like, mom, stop, you know? All <laughs> I'm the like, time. Thanks guys. <laughs> it's great for my confidence. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm the same. I love to do that in the car when I'm alone. It's so just refreshing and you're like, oh yeah, I, I do have a talent. You know, <laughs> I do have something that I'm good at and I like to do. I forgot about it, you know? Right. And it's so true. And I feel like God gifted you with that talent for a reason. And I feel like you feel most like yourself when you're using the talents God gives you. And so when you're not using those talents and those talents have kind of like sat up on a shelf for a while and you come back to it, it's like, you know, putting on a really, a really well-worn baseball glove. Mm. It fits your hand perfectly. You're going to be able to catch every ball that comes to you. That's how I feel like when you're using your talents, it's you put on that baseball glove and you're, in wrapped in what you're supposed to be wrapped in. Look at you with a sports analogy, Tim, Tim's wife. (laughs) Yeah, I have two boys. (laughs) Tim loves baseball, Red Sox, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's good. 
Hey mama, so because this episode was a little bit on the long side, we decided to break it into two parts. So you just listened to part one and uh, part two is already loaded up for you. So if you would like to continue, then all you need to do is just go and select part two of the podcast with Kristen Peterson and enjoy it some more. So thank you so much for listening. <laughs> 